Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pacers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is presented by SeatGeek and the wonderful SeatGeek app, which you can use with promo code LOPACERS to earn $20 back on your first ticket purchase. And with a couple of entertaining home games on the schedule this week, you might want to give that thing a whirl. So break out the SeatGeek app and uh, get some seats get down to the field house. My name is Tom Lewis of IndieCornrows.com, here to give you the latest news and notes about the Pacers. And on this episode, we'll look at the Pacers streaking back in the wrong direction after back-to-back losses over the weekend. And we'll also look ahead to the schedule, which remains gnarly, with the Spurs in Indy on Monday night. Uh, but before we dive in to the details, reminder, you can hit me up with any comments, feedback, questions, rants, whatever you want about the Pacers. You can reach me via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. Okay, so... The Pacers took back-to-back L's on Friday and Saturday in two pretty frustrating games, but they were kind of, you know, frustrating for different reasons. Uh, You know, the the effort against uh, the Wizards, the Pacers lost 112-107 in Washington, uh, where the Wizards have been really hot, uh, especially since January. So uh, one of the better teams in the East, and they played like it, you could See why their starting unit was really strong. John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, and of course, Pacer killer Marcin Gortat. Uh, they were able to put up a lead on the Pacers, but uh, fortunately, the reserve unit for the Pacers was able to expose what remains, you know, the biggest weakness with the Wizards, and that's their depth in their reserve unit. Uh, and in both halves, when the reserve unit played through, the Pacers were able to um, not only close the gap on a lead, but also take the lead at times. And uh, certainly was the reason the Pacers were able to hang in and eventually go down the stretch with a chance to uh, win the game. So, so the Pacers did bounce back pretty well after that big loss to the Cavs. As they went into Washington, PG had said, you know, they kind of needed to take a pissed off approach play with some edge and be ready to grind. I wouldn't say they went that far. Uh, I didn't see a lot of edge. Uh, But again, they did seize on their advantages with that reserve unit. And it was nice to see Kevin Serafin playing against his old team. Uh, He came out, had a big night off the bench, and as did Rodney Stuckey. Both those guys were attacking and getting buckets, which the Pacers needed desperately. And their ability to score, uh, again, helped put the team in position to win down the stretch, but they just couldn't get a key bucket 
and or more importantly, key rebound at either end uh, just to get over that hump. And, you know, Marching or Tot had a couple of rebounds and, and tap outs and just continued to play his role as a Pacers killer, which really goes back to his days in Orlando. So always a menace for the Pacers. And a couple of those late rebounds just killed the will of the Pacers. And uh, that led following the game, the narrative from Nate McMillan and, and Paul George was Pacers lacking enough toughness to win a game like that and execute down the stretch, get key rebounds, get those hustle plays. And, you know, it's hard to say whether that toughness is mental, physical. You know, uh, I think at times it's more mental than physical with this team. But in hearing Paul's comments, this is you know, the second time you, you've heard McMillan and, and PG kind of singing from the same songbook, uh, so to speak. And, you know, that's most likely because following the game, McMillan addresses his team and uh, lays out his thoughts on the game. And so you kind of hear the players mimic that um, if they're buying in. But uh, in this case, it seemed like, you know, Paul was directing that shade towards Miles Turner and uh, his struggles around the rim. And, and really, he's been struggling shooting lately. And um, also, I don't know if that's leading to this, but, you know, he, he definitely is getting out of position on defense occasionally. Now, uh, kind of dipping into some of those uh, bad habits he's had at times where uh, he's hunting blocks uh, when, in reality, the the right play may be to stay home and cover up, you know, his man and, and uh, keep the defensive principles in place. So, uh, you know, PG was struggling with that and seemed a little upset uh, with Turner. He's been <laughs> giving him some glares, you, you've noticed uh, at times, uh, at the defensive end. And that, again, takes away from PG's ability to, you know, lock a guy up uh, and, and gets him wandering a little too much, uh, trying to cover up different spots on the defensive end. And it just doesn't work. So so while a few games ago, in particular against Houston, and, and shortly after that, when, when things were really rolling, Pacers' defense was locked in, and PG was singing Turner's praises, you know, about how he's confident, knows he's back there protecting the rim, and especially when you had that great game against Harden, that seems to have worn off <laughs> of late, at least in these past couple of games. And uh, it seems when adversity hits with this team, it hits at that defensive end. And right now, they're going to have to work out some, some issues there. So we'll see if they can iron it out this week. You know, when PG was making those comments, he had 31 points uh, in the game against the Wizards. So maybe felt a little bit more like, hey, I did my job tonight. Um, I got to get on my teammates and have them come along with me. Uh, but again, <laughs> then he went home on Saturday, and you would have to lump him into that uh, group looking to be tougher because uh, he uh, struggled to get anything going against the Bucks. And now when you look ahead to the remainder of the schedule this week for the All-Star game, you know, maximum toughness will be needed starting with the Spurs on Monday night. Uh, the Pacers have two quality home games this week, Spurs on Monday, the Wizards on Thursday night. So make sure you get down there before the All-Star break. Check out the Pacers and hit up SeatGeek to get into the game. You know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. 
but SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. You know, I always use the SeatGeek app to uh, check on the latest ticket prices and kind of see how big a crowd might be. You can kind of tell by the tickets. I know looking at the uh, app now, let me pop it open and hit on Pacers. we got for the Spurs game on Monday, a lot of good seats available. Uh, this coming off, you know, there's been four home games uh, within a week and a sellout on Saturday with the Bucks and 90s night, which we'll be getting into a little later. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of uh, fatigue for getting down to the field house because you can get into uh, the game against the Spurs uh, for $7 in the upper deck. There's some good uh, seats in the lower level, higher up in the lower level there and, and behind the basket for about $30 in other lower seats for 60 So good seats available. Pop up that SeatGeek app, look for those big green dots. Because everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work. You save time and money. And SeatGeek wants you to get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And best of all, for my listeners, get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. To get the $20 rebate, just download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, then enter promo code LOPACERS, that's all one word, all caps, LOPACERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOPACERS today. Okay, let's get into the Bucks game. Saturday night, 90s night, we've got a full house as the fans want to celebrate one of the best decades in franchise history. Certainly a decade that really pushed their, their status as an NBA team to another level. Led, of course, by Reggie Miller and a lot of his supporting cast. Now on hand, Travis Bass, Rick Smith, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, and a few others were there for a little halftime celebration, a lot of good 90s music. Of course, highlights, highlights, and more highlights to celebrate that team. Uh, but unfortunately, the Pacers of current day play a little more like, uh, I don't know, mid-80s Pacers. <laughs> uh, just... Didn't have the juice. They were playing on a back-to-back, but they're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Bucks have just lost Jabari Parker for the season with ACL. They're already struggling like crazy, fading in the East, uh, looking at, like they're going to be setting themselves up for a draft pick. And they're also playing on a back-to-back. Okay, so, you know, the, the excuse that a back-to-back got the Pacers there with, without any energy and it was a schedule loss. No, not going to fly. What happened was the Bucks simply had a, a better game plan and executed better and used all of their length to stymie the Pacers, and nothing got done. It was a really strange game when you consider the matchup. And, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a freak, the Greek freak, so long, uh, so versatile. He had one of the crazier dunks of the year, taking one dribble from half court, taking off from nearly the free throw line and dunking with ease flying through the air. That was a highlight of the game. But really, 
where the Bucks won was on the defensive end. They did a good job of keeping Paul George from getting the ball. They doubled Jeff Teague, and it was the strangest game for Teague because he's been really, you know, obviously one of the Pacers' better offensive weapons, uh, not only scoring but also dishing the ball. He had no shot attempts in the first half, one in the third quarter, and then one in garbage time when he finally scored uh, his only two points of the game. You know, I know there's a lot of chatter on Twitter and wondering, hey, <laughs> Uh, is he sick? Did he get the bronchitis that Miles Turner had? What's wrong? He doesn't seem like himself. He passed up some shots early in the game. Uh, just was a really strange game. Now, the Bucks were, uh, the way it was described after the game by uh, McMillan and, and the players was that, you know, the Bucks were basically playing the zone, switching everything, and getting the ball out of, out of Teague's hand, and, you know, kind of double-teaming them, and making the Pacers find some other way to beat them, but really there was just no counter, and there was just no sense of urgency, uh, not nearly the amount of energy needed, and it really was a, a frustrating game to see the Pacers lose that game at home when they've lost two in a row, and they know, you know, the schedule coming up is nasty. San Antonio, Cavs, and Wizards before the break, so, you know, you're staring at a, a six-game losing streak now before heading into the break. And really, this game alone kind of wiped out that seven-game winning streak uh, and has, you know, the team kind of, once again, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Now, they are missing Fab Young, there's no doubt, and he probably would have helped in this game to have some more length out there. But the Bucks were just so long and impressive with, you know, Thonmaker and Antetokounmpo and uh, Greg Monroe coming off the bench. Heck, uh, they, they left. Well over 21 feet of center with with uh, uh, Haas and Hibbert and Henson not even in the mix for that team. So uh, they've got some long, long guys, uh, and they got a nice mix. But what really killed the Pacers was in in you know the last game in Milwaukee when the Bucks just ran them out of the gym. Uh, Jabari Parker and Antetokounmpo in particular killed the Pacers getting to the lane, getting to the rim. So the the Pacers' plan was really to help bog down, keep the lane clogged up, and keep Anthony Jacumpo from killing him in the lane. Well, they did a pretty good job of that, but the Bucks were able to counter uh, by killing them from behind the three-point line. 17 threes, and maybe a handful of them were guarded. That's just a huge advantage for the Bucks. And, you know, you had Tony Snell made four or five, Fon Maker three or five, and Mirza Talerovic in particular, uh, was just a killer. He made five threes. So the Bucks bench ended up really killing the Pacers this time, kind of the opposite of the game in Washington with uh, rookie Malcolm Brockman and Greg Monroe each having 17 points and then Talovich knocked in 19. So uh, those guys alone, you know, kind of broke the Pacers' spirit. Uh, and the Pacers were down 10 at the half, came right out, right after the break. In the third quarter, erased that 10-point lead, but then promptly gave up a 9-point run to the Bucks, And from there, you know, it kind of went back and forth, and eventually the Bucks once again seized control uh, through that reserve unit in the second half. And that was all she wrote. There was no fight, no comeback on this night. And the Pacers were left frustrated once again. And kind of interesting in the locker room after the game, you know, PG again, 
kind of talking about that toughness thing and, you know, basically saying you can't just create a, a guy who's tough out of thin air to bring in here. You know, it's got to come from within. Or, obviously, they're going to have to trade <laughs> to bring some toughness in. But uh, he's frustrated. I know um, one other interesting aspect in that locker room was while PG was talking uh, with a, a big uh, huddle of media, Travis Bass, Rick Smith, Dale Davis um, all came into the locker room and all came in with a lot of energy, a lot of spirit, really saying, hey, you know, going up to every player and shaking their hands, saying hi, and, you know, it kind of lifted the spirit of the room. And then once PG was done with the interview, you know, they all came over to see him, and, you know, it's kind of cool. As he uh, gave some dap to Dale Davis, you know, called him his OG. Uh, but even then, you know, they were just kind of talking about things, and he was kind of saying that, ah, I've got to deal with this 20-year-old, and, you know, he wasn't real serious, but still, you know, showing his frustration with what's going on. And it was just, you know, I just get a feeling that, you know, once again, Paul's really struggling on that leadership end, and, and when things aren't going right for him, he doesn't have anybody to lean on. And, and he did mention, you know, he was kind of used to having Roy and, and David West and those old heads around him, and, and now he's, you know, got some of these younger guys. But, you know, that's kind of BS if you think about it, because there's plenty of veteran heads in that locker room, um, actually more than they've they've had for quite a while. So uh, this just comes down to a team that has to understand how they play best together uh, and how they have to focus and get things done and be tough, be sharp. Uh, a lot of it, in my opinion, is on the mental side of it, you know, what approach they're taking each time they get into a game. And once again, they, they're dipping and going in the wrong direction. And it's compounding when you look at the schedule and know that, you know, they could play well against the Spurs and lose. Um, and that would be fine, actually. Like in Washington, you know, that's not a bad loss. They played pretty well. We're in position late in the game to win. They lost on the road to one of the better teams in the East and definitely a team that is playing as one of the top two or three teams in the East right now. So it's a matter of not just the wins and losses all the time, but how you play them and what level of energy and effort is showing out on the court. Saturday, it was hard to measure any positive energy and effort uh, that was worthwhile against the Bucks. So uh, we'll move on to the week as the Spurs come to town. Now, Pacers catch a break because Spurs are playing on a back-to-back. It's kind of a semi-back-to-back just because uh, they had an early afternoon uh, tip against the Knicks, but they lost in New York. Uh, And at one point, uh, looking at the schedule, I was thinking, well, the Spurs are kind of the team with Greg Popovich that invented the uh, day off after a back-to-back for your star players. And, you know, maybe they'd give Kawhi Leonard the day off in Indy. Uh, but now that you look at it coming off a loss and the fact that, you know, the all-star break is at the end of the week, uh, don't forget to expect the Spurs to sit anybody. But, hey, at this point, you can always hope. <laughs> uh, not too proud to bag at this point. Pacers got to find a way to win any way they can. Uh, and with Cleveland on the road on Wednesday and then the Wizards back at the Fieldhouse on Thursday, uh, really trying to grab one win out of those three uh, would be big, and 
helped them ease into the All-Star break without having a six-game losing streak hanging over it. So, so we'll see which team shows up on Monday for the Blue and Gold. It does not sound like Thad Young will be available. His wrist is still swollen on Saturday night. Nate McMillan said he didn't really want to comment on it and then went on to say immediately that, but he thought he would be doubtful <laughs> to play on Monday. So uh, unless there's some big progress with that wrist uh, on Sunday or Monday in the morning, uh, Thad Young will probably be out. And, you know, at this point, looks like he may not make it back before the All-Star break, which um, is definitely not helping the situation as the Pacers try to snap that losing streak. All right, well, thanks for listening. Make sure you share your thoughts again on the game or the situation with the Pacers heading into the week. You can reach me via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. As usual, you can find the podcast on Audioboom.com. Also, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play, where all prior episodes are available. Well, that's all for now. You've been listening to Lockdown Pacers on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You got it. Don't you, baby, don't you?